Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The loud frequency coming from your radio is not a mistake. Do not turn off your radio, but instead turn up your radio as loud as it can go. Do this so we can broadcast this frequency as loud as possible. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And welcome to another episode of Game Stuff. I'm your gaming gal, Kalai, and with me today is Roberto. Roberto, how are you doing today? Uh, feeling the heat out there, but staying cool. Awesome. Uh, unfortunately, Joe and Corey could not make this episode, but um, they'll be back. Uh, so, for those of you that are new to our podcast, we are a conversational podcast for gamers, by gamers, about gaming. This week's topic is we're going to talk about the new micro game gear that uh, they Sega decided to make. And, um, yeah. Now, before we get started into everything, let's go to our backlog beatdown because people... Roberto, man, you're coming up in the ranks here, buddy. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. So we have, J- we have JT with 65. Joseph Priestley with 40, Daryl with 28, Roberto with 22, James McCall with 20, I'm at 18, Tricky Mick is at uh, 17 or 18, somehow, oh, I screwed up, I think he's at 18, I've got to fix that. Levi Thompson is at 13, Gareth is at 12, Homer Gets Stuffed is at 11, CJ is at 9, Glenory is at 7, Tanner is at 5, Andrew Middlemoss is at 3, Jim's at 2, Derek is at 1, Joshua Crafts is at 1, Simon is at 1, Veronica is minus 1, Zachary Letford is minus 1, Daniel Jones is minus thir- 3, and Corey is minus 17. So he actually did post all of his games. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. It was like minus 37 games. He bought 37 games so far this year. Whoa. Yeah, slow it down, right. bud. Uh, so, Roberto been playing anything fun this week i've been playing a bunch of uh interesting games i'm actually a little sad that Corey and and joe aren't here because there's one game i think they would absolutely love to play although it doesn't have online co-op but it's in the vein of uh, a very famous uh side scroller brawl em up so i'll start with that the game is called fight and rage never heard of it it's an indie game i'm guessing yeah, so it's a it's a game made uh and very much inspired by the side scrolling brawlers of our time. So we all grew up on, of course, Streets of Rage, the X Men arcade side scroller brawler. We grew up on the um, various other sixteen bit fighters. Oh, the Simpsons game. So this game is very a love letter to all that. Excuse me, pardon me. It's from a Seba Games, Seba Games Dev, and features, uh, of course, you know, very high quality, like sixteen bit animations and illustrations, and of course, good old fashioned arcade side rolling combat. So it's an arcade game. So the objective is to beat the crud out of everything. It's easy to learn and uh, easy to learn and hard to master. So the game is simple. There's uh, there's mutants who I guess were formerly humans and now they're animal people. 
you know, like anthro lions, anthro tiger people, anthro lizard people, you know, like something like that. And humans. And this guy, this tiger king, wants to launch a war against the humans. So you have to stop him. Now, I played this game about a week ago with my nephew. We had a great time. Lasted about an hour. Um, it is a, uh, a very intense game. For starters... What are you playing it on? PlayStation 4. It's also on Steam, Nintendo Switch, and Xbox. Now, the game is, uh, for starters, it's, it's really... Um, it's, it's, like I said, it's a side-scroller brawler, so you go left to right and you beat the crowd out of everybody. And naturally, of course, the game starts off as simple. You know, you're, you're kicking butt. You use different weapons. You uh, fight hordes of enemies. But then the game starts to take a few twists. For starters, the game happens to have um, different pathways. And subsequently, those different pathways lead you to different endings. So you have to play the game a lot uh, to get all the endings. Uh, oh, interesting. So it's got good rate playability. Yeah, a lot. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, there's multiple difficulty settings, multiple characters, different skins that you can unlock, and then you can uh, go through left to right uh, a multitude of times in local co-op so, uh, to unlock all the endings. And because, like, the game, for example, we got the game, the ending we got, we defeated the king, but apparently there was a high loss of civilian life. Like, there was, like, these people, like, the, at one point, I mean, I was a little bit, like, kind of nervous unexpectedly because my nephew's 10 years old and I didn't like you know I didn't want to play him something like nightmarish it was still good though it was like you know 10 you know it's mutants it's action and there was a girl that gets captured and then like she gets she she gets grayed out and I was like in the game and I was just kind of like what whoa, what is this you know what happened and I said it turns out that we could have handled that better we could have saved that girl or whatever and or saved that civilian and um there's other moments like that that happen in the uh wait what is it what is it called again i just forgot fight long period and of rage kind of like rush and attack you know the n like fight n rage yeah yeah so um it's uh you know and you fight all sorts of like real bad guys and um you know you feel good about it you know fighting like you know generals and um you fight like uh you know, dog, like, these, like, I think that, the, what's that dog breed, Blitzen? You fight, like, these Blitzen fighters, and, you know, they, they kind of do a shadow boxing thing, and they, like, they can, they're really tough to take down. There's boss fights. There's, um, an, a hell of a soundtrack. Um, the game was created by Sebastian Garcia, and, uh, the s soundtrack was made by Gonzalo Varela. And the soundtrack's just <laughs> amazing. Just Hands down, one of the best things I've ever heard. And the game is like, it's 16 bit inspired by, you know, like the arcade classics as mentioned before, but there's a real thickness to it all, real like complexity of depth. Like, the, you know, the characters are really fleshed out and illustrated and animated in very good ways. And so, it, like, you, when you punch into something, it feels like you're really kind of like jabbing into an actual enemy and not just like a piece of paper or something like that, if that makes any sense. But um, it is a very, um, very well-polished game. I really liked it. It has, um, out of 1,119 reviews on Steam, it has very positive um, reviews. The game was originally released in 2017, and then it came to consoles just a couple months ago. So, absolutely recommended. The only drawback, like I said, is that it does not have online co-op. But if you have three people, uh, definitely pick it up. If you have it, if you... 
have i know it's gonna be kind of tough now you know because we're still technically in the middle of a pandemic but if you can um i would absolutely highly recommend it uh there's a ton of re like i said a ton of replayability and the game's just awesome so what do you think would that be something you wanted to play well i already, i just wanted to let you know while you were talking i totally checked xbox game pass and it's not there ah <laughs> so yeah that stinks but i think it would be a fantastic game for 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 game pass yeah uh so but yeah if it goes on sale and like you find it for five bucks or ten bucks i I absolutely highly recommend this for anybody and like i said it's on everything so uh yeah fight and rage from uh um what's that studio name again (laughs) uh sega seb seba games dev um absolutely highly recommended Oh, oh one other thing the one last thing to mention to really kind of highlight its illustrated arcade roots, the game looks like it takes place on a CRT, so, like, the screen gets curved. So, it looks like it takes place on an old-fashioned arcade monitor. It's actually pretty cool. Oh, that now, does the next cool, game actually. is going to be one that you've played, and you're free to ask me all the questions about it, and I have to ask you a bunch of questions about it, because it's a game that you beat for the Backlog Beatdown. The Outer Worlds. On Nintendo Switch. Ooh, I love this game on Xbox. Yeah, so, I uh, thanks to Private Division, I happened to get a review copy of the game, and I'm trying to work on getting a couple hours in before doing the review. This is the Nintendo Switch version, and so far, like, this, I've never played any of Obsidian's other games. I mean, I played Alpha Protocol for a little bit, and I liked it, but I never finished it. I mean, mean to go back to it, though. And I understand this game comes from the original makers of the original Fallouts. So far, I really like it. The only drawback is that, as you can imagine, regrettably, visually, the game could have used some work. At least for the Switch. And that's only because... Yes, that's what exactly what I was going to say, and that's what everybody's talking about, is they, they, they scaled back the graphics so the Switch could run it. Right, and I'd say that everything looks washed out. You know, everything kind of like the the game runs well, and it looks decent enough. But I could easily imagine the game looking a hundred times better on PS4, and of course on PC. So I have the co- a copy on PS4. My, the way I see it, I can kind of use the P- the Switch version to kind of do some different things. I'm playing as a female character, and the Switch version, and I'm kind of being kind of a Whatever, like, uh, like whatever I'm in the mood for. So, like, uh, the beginning, where, I'm in where the beginning you? part. You're in the beginning of part. Okay, and... so, like, for example, in the beginning part, you land in a cave, mm-hmm. and the first thing you do is you come up to a guy. Yeah. So, what did you, what did you do with that guy? I gave him medical equipment, whatever, and he gave me a handgun. That was really nice. Jim shot him in the face so he could take his pants. Jeez. Oh, well, I. <laughs> Jib would be proud of me because there's actually a, a quest where you have to get like this amoxicillin something uh, to to one of the to, to this guy, and this woman comes and says, "Oh, don't give it to that guy. He's crazy." So if you give it to me, I'll give it to all the other people. And I was like, "Okay." So I gave it to the woman, even though she scolded me. Oh, I don't like smuggler types. And I was like, "Okay," but she she was gonna pay me more. And then the actual guy was like, "Oh, you want me to die?" And I'm like. I feel bad. So. (laughs) 
And my other my other question for you is is what type of character did you make? Did you make more fighty, more talky? Scientist. Oh, nice. I just like I li- I liked a lot of the descriptions there, but I just like you know what, Roberto, you've always been a big science person. You know, you grew up with Bill Nye the Science Guy and Beekman's World, and you used to wake up and watch Crocodile Hunter and um jack Hanna on abc7 and stuff so i was like i mean i know that that's necessarily the scientist but i was like you know what do science science rules so i did science and so far it's helped i'm playing on normal difficulty and you know like like i said i chose a female character you know made her hair look cool and um yeah you know just doing my thing so it's pretty cool i mean if you can look past the graphics issue it's a whole-fledged sci-fi RPG on the go. And it's definitely much better than other ports. Um, you have to look at WOE 2K18 or whatever, 2K17, as one of the worst ports ever for the Switch. And there's a bunch of other games that also did not do any favors by being ported to the Switch. I mean, obviously, Witcher 3 and some other games set the bar that you can make it work on the Switch. And you can deliver high-quality graphics. Now, could the game have been better optimized for the Switch? Yeah. Is there a patch that's coming in that could probably fix that? Probably. I mean, you have to remember that that's the, the name of the game that we're in now. When, uh, when Warhammer 40,000K Martyr, Inquisitor Martyr, came on the PS4, the game was a little rough, was rather rough. I dealt with it because it was like it was my only way to play the game. But it was good, you know, for what it is. And then subsequently, it got way better. I mean, granted, there was a huge patch that was released, but it, the, the performance got better. Tons of more things were added. They changed the whole system. It went from being like a, like the power level system to just being a regular rank up system. And I think that's going to be the case with this. I mean, I'm enjoying it so far. I had actually just gotten to see me um, read the administrator, and I forgot the girl's name, but that, that helper that helps you out. and one of the optional objectives was to see that priest. So I was in the middle of that and then the switch battery died. So, um, but I had, I had stormed the plantation to get that medicine. I had gotten the grave money, although I have to find, I have to, um, what is it? Um, I have to, I have to find like that. The, there's a guy that like, he had golden teeth apparently. And, um, I have to find out where that corpse is. Wait, you didn't do that? Uh, possibly. Uh, no, I didn't it's do every of, side quest. Like, one of the first things that you do is, there's this guy who's digging graves, and you talk to him. And you have to collect, like, collection, collection money. And then apparently I now... I want to say I didn't do that one. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit... It's, it's kind of interesting. Well, you know, dark, but interesting. Apparently there's this character that... Well, it's an NPC. So... Well, the first characters you see in outer in the outer world is you talk to this guy. He's digging graves. That's what he, he's required to do by the company. And he's like, "Okay, we need to collect um, money for this." And you go to this one character who can't afford it. He's like a doctor. It turns out you learn from the other characters. This particular character learns that there was a worker who actually. Uh, killed himself but get this so apparently that man is company property so in other words 
the other co-workers have to pay for that damage of property. And the one character you talk to is like, I can't pay the bill to, for, for my grave or whatever. Or I can't, and my grave fee. So it turns out that character that killed himself had golden teeth. And you can extricate the teeth to pay for the bill. But the problem is, is that the, the NPC you talk to, the grave digger, he says, oh, well, that body was exhumed. We don't know where it is. So I have to still, now I have to search whatever to find that body and, and try and pay this guy's debt because I'm the kind of guy I try and do all the side quests. Um, no, I don't think I am. I don't think I encountered that side quest. Wow. That was like in the first area too. Somehow I missed it. <laughs> which is Yeah. So, so far, I'll say this. If you can get past, I'm sure they're going to release a bunch of patches. If you can get past the washed out visuals. It's it's a it's a full fledged first person RPG sci fi RPG on the go. Nobody else right now can do that. Nothing else like that exists at this point. And it, it runs frame rate runs fine. The game hasn't crashed on me. Um, it runs better than Element Space on PS4. So, <laughs> and that's a game that came out a couple <laughs> months ago and should has no reason to look like that. But in any case, I think it's worth it if this is like your only area to get. Outer Worlds, and on top of that, um, if you want to have the Outer Worlds experience on the go, so so far it's it's I like it. I think I'd give it a solid seven or eight out of ten, like seven out of, or eight out of ten. I imagine that playing the game on PS4, I'd give it like a nine and a half out of ten because I just love the world that's happening right now. So um, it's a switch. By the way, guys, this is I mean, long story short, with the setting, imagine the Gilded Age of human history, you know, uh, when we were exploring worlds, like not early late 1800s, early 1900s, you know, steamships, um, sailing voyages, all that stuff. Imagine that, but now that's, it's in space. The, the, the illustrations, the loading screens, the art direction, you really feel like you're on like the cusp of discovery, the wild west of space. I, I really like that. I, I, I haven't really seen that type of thing. So, um, yeah, so far so good. Um, the next game I am going to, uh, bring up, uh, in just a moment is a game that you're probably going to laugh at me for because it's so bad. Um, I, I played the panty game, so. The panty, oh, the panty game on Switch? No, remember the Vita game you gave me where I had to run around to take all those panty pictures? Oh, that was Punchline, right? Yeah, punchline. So, you know, I can't make fun of you if I did stuff like that. Oh my gosh. So, this is a free download game on the PlayStation. And I played this for a whopping 10 minutes before I was like, I can't do it no more. And I wanted to say, like, if this ever comes to the, to the, to the heels of people, of the people who made this. I mean, I don't like making fun of people that make games. But sometimes you just have to laugh because it's a free download and it's a game that honestly feels like that it should have been released uh, as a tech demo for something at a convention or something like that. It's a racing game and I'm going to get the name in just a moment. Um, (laughs) Is it the White Boys? No, not that. That was a, that was a, what was that? That was like a concert game, right? Or, yeah, it was also a free download on the PS4. 
Yeah. And, like, apparently it's easy to platinum, so everybody's playing it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Joe told us about that last week, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually... As a matter of fact, I'll just... Before I uh, tell you the game, uh, the segue, I actually noticed that there's some deals on the Nintendo Switch eShop where if you buy one particular game, you get some other game, I guess, from the same company free. Like, I actually downloaded two free games yesterday um, that were that came to me. Oh, that's cool. That's cool, because uh, oh, also right now, there's a deal going on that if you buy the collector's edition of um, Death Stranding, you get Kingdom Hearts 3 for free. Oh my god. How, like, how is that even possible? <laughs> I have no idea. Oh my gosh. So, so, what's the name of this game that you're playing that I... Um, I'm gonna give you the title, because it's, like, Racing Bros, I think? Race, like, I think it's Racing Bros. I mean, I'm just trying to load it up, uh, real quick, because I don't even know if there's any tickets, uh, any trophies for this, but it was just, I was scrolling through the PlayStation Network store, because sometimes, I always check the PlayStation blog for new releases the coming week, and I was looking, and I noticed they didn't do the drop, which is when they announce the games that are coming out for the coming week. And... Um, I saw something that was free. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you the, uh, I'm going to give you the, the title in just a moment. It's like Ra Rogue Brothers, Racing Brothers. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Um, yeah, it's, so let's just call it Racing Brothers for now. There's this, it, it was like this random game that was, that I just saw. I was like, okay, it's free. Let me download that. And so I download it, you know, just thinking, okay. Uh, thinking it's good. Yeah, Racing Bros. There you go. That's the name of it. Racing Bros. I was like, okay, it's free. Let me download it and, you know, see how it is. And Kalai, this game, man, like, <laughs> game of the year for... It's bad. Uh, it's, oh my gosh. Like I said, I don't want to be mean, but... It's not very good. I mean, I can respect what it is, but I feel like I'm playing with Legos in a racing car or something. It's like, it's literally, you have to race, and the game looks like it was made like on in a, in a, in a, in a computer lab. And then you have to race the Mafia, which are just black cars. So, yeah, waited, <laughs> waited, waited, you know, have something very potentially not not very positive there you know and and it's like just like why are the mafia black cars i don't get it and then um you know it's questionable so then you just race on these boring tracks and the car and the car like clips and it like handles like it's made out of ice and you go on these stunts and then the fire looks like cheese balls or something like it's this it is this horrible racing game that is so not good i can't help but respect it for being released for free and on ps4 and you know like i said maybe there's people who work behind this and it's you know maybe it's like something of a of a uh you know um a uh, you know like a like a like a like a, a passion project, and they just wanted to release something, and they worked on it, but it's just not good. I mean, I'm even looking at the description right now. 
The developer studio is called Four Gladiators. Okay, so it sounds like they should have made a completely different game. And it's like, description, gather your friends and get ready for a goofy and fun four-player racing experience for almost all ages. So what do you have against this? Like, I, like uh, our three-year-olds can't play this? That's mean. So, <laughs> um... Choose between different modes and use your skills to challenge your friends, parents, and the neighbor next door. Listen, I've been living on the street all my life. I don't really know my neighbors, and they're not going to play this game. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Modes included classic racing, cops versus thieves, stop the truck, downhill, and many more. Game developed by Four Gladiator Studio, a small indie studio which focuses on making couch multiplayer games and co-op games. So like I said, I'm not trying to make fun of this because... I can't make video games. It's hard. Gaming is hard. So I respect the bravado. And then on top of that, out of 1,375 ratings, it has a four-star rating. That's good. Um, It released on June 1st, 2020. So the fact that it was able to rack up 1,375 ratings that fast in the sea of games that we have is very impressive. So maybe just there's people who want to play like a a game that looks like a tech demo, but they just want to have fun. And in the end, video games are fun, and that's all that you could really ask. So, <laughs> I play that for 10 minutes, so I, I'm sure, though, if I played this with, like, my nephew and my godson, this they would probably get a better kick out of it than, than, uh, than I did. So, yeah, there's that. And, um, yeah. So that's, that's, that's that. Um, l- wrapping up, the other games I, I, I'll bring up playing that I played was, um, I played Just Cause 4, which I've mentioned before on the show. Um, I kind of just, I, I, it's not an off game. I, I love the action sequences. I just haven't finished it yet. I'm almost done with it. Um, but once again, one of the best action games out there. Uh, you absolutely cannot go wrong with that. The next game I played, uh, I finally finished and platinumed Cosmic Star Heroine. So, uh, real quick, let's talk about that boss. Um, <laughs> so what do you think, Kalai? How was it? How was it like finishing the game for you? I finished this at the beginning of the year. And un- unfortunately, because of COVID-19 and the fact that I was staying at home, I finished so many other games. I could not remember the last boss. I, I remember the game in general that I liked it. It was fun. I did remember that Cthulhu was a bit. It was like hard as heck. Yeah, I had to crank that thing down to to, to, to easy. And then, there's some other bosses in there. There was a video game boss in in an actual arcade. There was a Skeletor skeleton boss. There was a hidden boss in some lab on one of the planets. And there was a Resident Evil 2 2 inspired boss. Yeah, I didn't get that one because I've really never played the Resident Evil games. Oh, yeah. Well, having played Resident Evil 2, like, absolutely, that police station was clearly inspired by Resident Evil 2, without a doubt. Uh, Yeah, but that final boss was just, that was basically, um, for anyone that doesn't know, Cosmic Star Heroine is a JRPG, a sci-fi JRPG, um, very much inspired by, like, Cowboy Bebop and uh, Outlaw Star and a bunch of other things. So the ending boss was basically uh, Frieza from Dragon Ball Z. This isn't even my final form. So... I got through one boss, I'm like, okay, that's it. There's probably not something else. And I get to the something else, and I'm like, okay, that's probably it. 
Then I get to the something else, and I'm like, okay, this is getting too long. I've been playing this for an hour now, trying to finish the game. And then you get that final thing where it's like, if you don't attack the main target, you just start like, you know, the thing just completely one hit kills you. And I'm just like, what the hell is this? Um, oh, but that was such a great game. Wonderful game. I mean, it's $1.49 right now. Is that this recording on Steam? It was like $1.49 on, on eShop. Without a doubt, like even if it's not a dollar forty nine, even if it's like ten bucks or fourteen ninety nine, please pick this up. It's a great JRPG, guys. <laughs> so, um, and yeah, uh, and I also uh, revisited Severed. Do you remember Severed for the Vita? Yes, that's the one where you use your finger. Yeah. So I did this thing. I I fired up my fat Vita. I hadn't turned it on in a long time. It still works. And, Your OLED? Yeah. And it took some time trying to run this because I haven't turned this system on in a long time. And um, the um, the battery, I know, is a little compromised. It's It doesn't last as long as it used to. And I was like, but you know what? I have a 64 gigabyte memory card stuck in there. So let me, let me just uh, play something different. So I started playing Severed again. So I think that's going to be the next game I finish on my backlog beatdown. I never... I've beat that game. Yeah, it, it's excellent. I never... For some reason, I just never, you know, finished it. And there's a ton of secrets to to um, to um unlock. There's a bunch of stuff to play. And I kind of want to finish that now because of the fact that it's... It's a good... It's a very good game. I think it's on the Switch. Um, It was released on the Wii U. Yes. Oh, it is on the Switch? Okay, good. Um, Without doubt, one of the best quick adventure games that you can play your fingers gonna get tired but it's it's totally worth it <laughs> and right now um that's about it i uh have a bunch of other games that i've been received review codes for i'm requesting a bunch of other ones and uh we're i'm hoping that uh you know the next couple of weeks are gonna be really busy and fun and uh that's pretty much it for me so uh kalai what about you what have you been up to well, I started Borderlands 3 finally on PC. So, of course, I've already beat about, about that one. Um, I played a little bit more Darkest Dungeon because Friday night I was on the couch um, chilling out. And at like 8.59 or 8.55, no, uh, Daryl from the Loop Brothers sent me a message that said, Hey, we had somebody drop out for tonight. We could use somebody else to record. Could you join us? So I said, of course. Nice. So I okay. wound up um I wound up recording with the Loot Brothers. Um that episode is now out, so you can go check it out if you guys want to watch check it out. We had a lot of fun. Good um, good. But the only other game that I played is I went hard on the Torna DLC for Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Because I want to beat that game because I want to go back to Fire Emblem, but I want to first get this out of my backlog. Right. And I mean the, the DLC isn't as much fun as like the the original game because they do a lot of they do like a lot of stuff that I didn't really truly like. So the quest for anybody that's played the game, all of your blades have abilities, and that ability could be like forestry or you know uh, mining. So when you come up to these spots where you can get you get items, like you just like uh, search them, they can help you. But sometimes the quests required you have a certain level. 
to be able to complete it because you need to like excavate a, a treasure chest. Well, then you have to stop in the middle of what you're doing to then go do that, find that, figure out how to level this character's, this blade's uh, ability so you can go back to this quest. Now, normally, I would just sk skip quests like this because I'm like, I don't really feel like stopping in the middle of doing this. But in the Torna DLC, they did something that I don't truly like. They are forcing you to play all of the uh, side quests because I, um, I'm about to do the final boss. And before the final boss, you have to get what's called your community to level four. Mine was a level two. And the only way to do that is to do side quests. And when you do the person's side quest, they join your community. So you have to do all of the side quests. And you'll be in the middle of a side quest and the character will the, the character you're helping out will die and then you no longer have him in your freaking community. Wow. So like yeah, it's 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 rough. A lot of people are are saying they like the DLC. I would probably give it a 6 out of 10 because of them making you play to level. Like I'll do the DLC. Like, I'll do the extra quest. I have no problem doing that, especially when I need to level. But I'm not going to go out of my way to, like, do every single quest. But I kind of have to because I have to get my community up just to beat the final boss. So I'm I'm hoping to finish that pretty soon. Um, I'm close to I'm close to level 14. Yeah, that sounds pretty uh, intense. Um, I've been meaning to get into the Xenoblade stuff just because I, it sounds like the world depicted is really neat. Um, yeah. Now's a good time to get into it with them releasing the first one on the Switch. Yeah, I kind of want to... Uh, I'm thinking about picking it up, but it's like, I also have Kingdom Hearts 3, which I haven't finished, and now I have... Uh, and I, I digitally bought, purchased FF7 Remake, and I haven't started on that, and I got, like, a bunch of other RPGs that I wanted to play. Hell, I got Final Fantasy Type-O back in 2015, and I haven't even started that, but at the same time, I have another friend who played the hell out of the original Xenoblade Chronicles on the 3DS before it was remade for Switch, and it's just the world that's there is fantastic, the 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 gameplay is great, the, um, and it, it's just the sci-fi world sounds really neat because it's like, you know, at least like, because of like the, the fact that some of these people are weapons, apparently, like Pyro is like a weapon or something, and, um, you know, and they're like, they're- Pyra is the weapon. Right, there you go, so- there's that, and the designs, and the creatures, and all that stuff, so it looks really interesting. I'm a bit of a sci-fi buff, and I, I would rather, you know, try and play something like that, so, um... I, there's a lot, there's a lot of mechanics to it, though. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, there is, oh, okay. Yeah, so, like, for me, like, I, I didn't understand how to, like, truly chain your attacks together, which you can do, until, um... Until the DLC. So it took me over 200 hours to get every concept in the game. Wow. Yeah. Like, it's just... Yeah. So, I mean, keep that in mind. You gotta... And you gotta remember, I'm literally over 200 hours in the game at this point. Yeah. <laughs> so. so you're, like, a, an undisputed master, of course. But, um, but... Yeah, that's it. I, like, really haven't had time lately to, like, um, play. I've been trying to do a lot more exercising and stuff, so... Yeah, yeah, and, I, and it's healthy. like, you know, I don't blame you, like, it's, it's, we've been cooped up in our houses for a couple months now, and we want to enjoy the outdoors while it lasts, and, um, 
You know, it's like, I, I mean, I've been going to Dorbert Park in particular, and, like, I just at least to, to go outside, if I, it, like, I go walking, and then at least I try and play, like, you know, maybe a little something. Because, like, I think handheld games, systems, like, the point is to play them handheld, probably away from home. So, um, yeah, I feel you. Like, I haven't, I think I haven't turned my PS4 on in a while, like, a couple days now. Like, just, I've been meaning to play play more stuff, but I just, you know, I get caught up on Switch stuff or Vita stuff, and um, you know, and that's just like, and, and, or I go outside for a while, like, to, like I told you today, I was outside for a few hours, so, um. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to focus on, like, one game, mm -hmm. and, like, actually get through it, so that way I can, like, get it out of my backlog, but we'll see. But let's, let's actually go to the topic of the show, so. Yeah, sure. All right, so. Game Gear decided to get on this nostalgia kick with, uh, you know, like the NES system that was put out, the little mini NES, and they decided to do a mini Game Gear. I don't know how well they did it. So there's four different colors, which at first being girl, I was like, ooh, colors. I like colors. I want to get, like, blue. Well, no. Instead of putting all the games they wanted to put out on one system, they split them, four games per system. Each system is $50, and it's really tiny. So, let's go through these, let's go through these and see what we think, and, you know, I mean, first of all, just the general idea, before we get into the game, Roberta, what do you think about what they're doing with this micro game gear? It sounds like, to me, they definitely want this to be, like, a collector's item. Like, this is not, you know, like, a gimmick to celebrate the Game Gear's legacy and not really so much to be played. Um, because it just doesn't make any sense. Like, you could fit... Uh, just for comparison, this is the Game Gear we're talking about. You could fit the entire catalog of the N64 on a single Nintendo Switch cart. Which I know sounds like a little bit, like, stupendous because we're talking about literally more than... Well, like, close to a thousand games here. But you have to remember, like pixels and megabytes and all that stuff. The switch can the switch cart can hold a lot of data, and yeah, you could. So for some reason, instead of making a Game Gear that had all the Game Gear games installed on it, they decided to do this split four thing, and then make Game Gears that are so tiny that. In the words of a, tw of a of a Twitter user, you're gonna know what it feels like to be Andre the Giant. <laughs> you know, it's like right, and and you know what the sad part is, is that this is this is targeted towards the older generation, to us who play these games, right? And we're old enough now that we need reading glasses. Like, what are you? What are we supposed to do with how tiny this thing is? Yeah, like, I think it's just more of, like, a novelty. You know, kind of like, um, like, uh, you know, many years, decades ago, kind of like, uh, the SNES, they had, a uh, the red, the Doom on, on the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. And the Doom cartridge was, like, a bright red cartridge. And many argue and say that playing Doom on an SN SNES is more of a novelty nowadays because... The game really doesn't run very good at all on the SNES. But out of all the cartridges that were gray, this was like a bright red 
stick out of the library because it's this bright red cartridge. So like, so you know it's Doom. I think it's the same way with this. It's like it's this it's this weird novelty where like they just like okay, you know, we made the game game, game gear smaller than your palm palm, and you have to really like you know go like you know basically Derek Zoolander and and like hold this thing with your 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 fingers and play with it and if you want to <laughs> for uh for those that don't know Derek Zoolander in the movie uh with Ben Stiller he he literally go one of his famous scenes in the movie is like what is this a, a you know a center for ants so that's what it feels like it's just this tiny thing and for some reason even they didn't even bother to put more games on any of these systems like you could easily put more I I honestly think you could put more than four games on these systems for just to once again be comparison metaphorically, the like an icon on your computer is a couple of kilobytes, right? Entire games mm-hmm. from the eighties could fit on those icons alone, and there'd be plenty of space. It was like so many kilobytes to make like Defender, for example, and the whole entirety of Defender could fit on the icon of Internet Explorer, and that was back like more than 10 years ago so i think they could have added more games it feels like a novelty you know like i said just to celebrate the game gear's legacy it was this competitor to nintendo it used six batteries it had its own library of games i personally had one and keep in mind that if you get all four of these you get this that what is that called like a micro magnifier attachment or something no really yeah I did not see that. Oh yeah, you, oh you didn't know. Okay, yeah, there's um <laughs> pulling up an article from The Verge, you get this uh if you get all four, I think they all four come together. There's this um there's this uh this uh attachment. It's it's the Sega Big Window and you attach it to the Game Gear Mini and it and kind of like the old Game Gear uh, Game Boy games. Like, there's that screen, and it magnifies the thing, so you can magnify the screen. It, it is a... Like I said, it's a very bizarre thing that they're doing. Uh, the big window... Yeah, it's called a big window magnifying glass accessory. So if you get all four, you can use that, and then play the game on a magnified screen. Which I suppose works. But once again, this thing is just... is impossibly tiny. Although I suppose it's better than paying six bat... six... Paying for six batteries and having those batteries just be eaten up like a like a hungry man at a buffet line. So, um. <laughs> all right, let's actually go into let's actually go into this. All right, so the first one is the black one. Yeah. Uh, it has Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Puyo Puyo Two, Outrun, and Royal Stone. So Sonic the Hedgehog is pretty much you know what you've come to expect. It's it's Sonic the Hedgehog on the go, and you get to play Sonic the Hedgehog on this little thing, and you know it's pretty cool. Uh, Puyo Puyo, it's kind of like, uh, it's a different, like, form of, it's a, it's a Tetris game, kind of like a Tetris game. Uh, Puyo Puyo 2 was originally released in 1994 by Compile, and it has an 8 out of 10 rating out of AG, from IGN. And it is a, uh, it's this, uh, like, this unexpectedly really positive, uh, puzzle game. That's it's kind of like Tetris, but with a few different rules. And uh, you can actually, it's actually part of the Sega Ages thing. So if you if you don't want to get, if you want to play Puyo Puyo 2, but you don't want to get the Game Gear, you can play, it looks like you can play this on the Switch. And yes, you get the, to, uh, the Switch actually. Yeah. So there's like its the, own characters, the, the storyline. And it's, 
It looks like it reminds me of Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, if anybody remembers that. So, um, you know, Tetris with a few different mechanics, so there's that. And then Royal Stone, I believe, is a JRPG for the game. Roberto. Yeah, what's up? Um, did you know that actually there is a Puyo Puyo Tetris crossover on the Switch that's amazingly fun? Oh yeah, I knew about that. I've been meaning to play it. Um, I just, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, stay competitive on the backlog beatdown, you know? So, <laughs> I've been meaning to play it, though. Yeah. I heard it's pretty good. Um, and... Yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a lot of fun, and it's cheaper than this thing, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounds like... <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. Keep in mind, each of these units costs 40 bucks. I don't... I believe they're selling, like, a pack of all four of them together in Japan. No, they're actually... It's actually 50 It's $50 per one. So oh, $200  50. to get all four. Oh, okay. I don't... I'm not sure if they're going to release a patch of, like, a, a pack of all four of them equipped, but uh, I think that would be the better case, like, to get all five of them for, like, $100 or something like that. But, um, yeah. But each... Get, to keep in mind, each micro game gear is going to be $50 and for only four games. And then the next game in that list is uh, Royal Stone... Which looks like it's a um, it's a JRPG. It's a sequel to Crystal Warriors, and which is a little known strategy game. And it's kind of like um, based upon what I saw there. You you enter rooms, you get into turn based battles with singular enemies, and it's like it's like kind of like a hallway. It looks like, and it looks pretty good. You know, it looks okay. Like something I I would mind playing. Yeah, I would lean towards the Blackwood if I was going to get any of them. Yeah, um, I'd say so. Because I'm a, I'm a friend of Puyo Puyo. Outrun, of course, is just an old like card game that I like oh, yeah. used to play. So. Outrun is like the, it, it, there's no real introduction to that one. It's it's Outrun. You've played Outrun a million times. The next one is the blue one. So the blue one has Sonic Chaos, Gunstar Heroes, Sylvian Tail, and Baku Baku Animal. Okay, so Sonic, um, Sonic, oh, that's weird, because it looks like it says Sonic and Tails, but Sonic Chaos, I know there was a Sonic the Hedgehog video game that I used to play all the time when I had a Game Gear, and it was fun, it was different, it had its own unique levels, its own unique music, it was cool, and you can play Sonic anywhere, so it was pretty neat, um, I think it'd be pretty neat to play that, you know, just to have a, a different Sonic adventure on this, on the go. Um, Gunstar Heroes is, uh, that, that's a game that needs no introduction, really, but, uh, Gunstar Heroes is a side-scroller, uh, run-and-gun shooter that's a lot of fun to play with great graphics, great gameplay. Um, the original Gunstar Heroes has a 9 out of 10 IGN rating and an 89% of Metacritic. It was, uh, developed by Treasure and published by Sega. And uh, it's, you know, censored. It's a, it's a typical run-and-gun game where you have a pair of characters and they have to stop an evil umpire from recovering a power, four powerful gems. So you fire gums, you can, uh, you can perform a series of acrobatic maneuvers, and it's fun. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like its own answer. Like, I guess it was like the game's, the Sega's answer to Contra. But uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I imagine the Game Gear game doesn't look like anything like the Sega version, but it looks pretty good. And then uh, you got uh, Sylvan Tail and Baku Baku Animal. So, what do you uh, what do you make of those, Kalai? Again, I've never played any of these because I was never like a a Game Gear person. I was way into Nintendo. So, I mean, 
so far, like, they sound fun. Though, except the Sonic games. I never was a huge fan of Sonic. Aw, oh, you're killing me. Um, <laughs> I know. Well, if you gotta play one, play, gener gener play Generations. That's a lot of fun. But anyways, um... It looks like Sylvan Tale is an as a JRPG from nineteen that looks like it's from the early nineteen nineties. Once again, it was released exclusively in Japan, and you know, typical JRPG. It follows a young boy named Zets. That's Z E T T S. The save on a quest to save the land of Sylvalance. I believe that's what it's called, and it looks good. You know, it doesn't look like anything like you know traditionally special, but you know, like. It's nice to see some games that were originally formally available in Japan now making their way to the potentially to the United States for people to enjoy. I don't think it's going to be translated, but um, I imagine that that's going to be, you know, that might be replaced or maybe it might be translated. I'm not sure. Um, there's no telling what that will do with that. And um, cause you have to remember, this is releasing in Japan and the changes might there might be changes as it makes its way. If it makes its way to the United States. And then you got Baku Baku Animal, which already has a wild cover. Uh, has a 7 out of 10 and 7.8 out of 10 rating from IGN and GameSpot, respectively. So it's a falling, it's another Tetris game. Falling Block Puzzle Arcade game released by Sega in 1995. It was simply released as Baku Baku if it went to anywhere else outside Japan. Um... It looks uh, pretty okay, you know, wild characters, puzzles, stuff like that, you know, and <laughs> the, the, it's like I said, it's Tetris again, but there's like animal shapes and bananas, parrots. I, um, that's what I'm able to gather from this, um, <laughs> but it looks pretty interesting. Something fun to play for a couple minutes. Okay. Yeah, I've never played any of these, though. I, you know, now that you're describing them to me, I think I would definitely play Gunstar Hero, Baka Baka Animal, because I'm a Tetris fan. Yeah. I mean, there was a bunch of uh, Tetris-inspired games. There was Columns, I remember, on the Sega CD. There was a disc that came with the Sega CD, so it had six games. It had Echo the Dolphin. No, not Echo the Dolphin. It had a... A bunch of stuff. I don't remember the other games. I think they were Genesis games. I think one of them was Shinobi. And the other one was Columns. And Columns was pretty cool. You know, like, kind of trying to put a fantasy spin on the Tetris thing. And, and, you know, where you're playing with gems and stuff like that. And I used to have fun with that. I had no idea how to play and I used to lose all the time. But it was fun. Uh, the next one is the yellow one. Which, now we get into some really weird games. Yeah. So we have Shiny... Shining Force Gaiden Ensui Jishin no Kunihi. Then we have Shining Force the Sword of Hayaya. Then we have Shining Force Gaiden Final Conflict. And then we have Nazo Poyo Aruro no Ru. If I said that anyway correctly. <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah. definitely sounds like uh, a mouthful there. Um... Hey, at least it's not, you know, I mean, it sounds like the only thing harder than saying that is the Hawaiian National Fish, which is like, oh my god, what, what was the name of it? Because I went to Hawaii back when I was 2014. Oh, Kalai, you should know this. The Hawaiian National Fish. Tell me. No clue right now. Oh, okay. 
Wait, wait, wait. I'll look it up if wait, you'd wait. like. Let me look it up. Hawaii National Fish. Oh my gosh, it had like... No, it wasn't the Reef Trigger Fish. It was like the... The Humahalaka Bulubulubala. Yeah, see? There we go. <laughs> the, there's a fish called the Humuhu... The Humu... Humu... Nukunukukumuba. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. It's the... The Huma 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 Kuna Uka Upa. Yeah. Upa. Tiki Tiki Tumbo, no so rumbo. Um. <laughs> anyways. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's, let's just not let's name that. Let's get into these but, games. Uh, anyways. Yeah, so let's start off from the top. Well, Shining Force is is, is a pretty known JRPG franchise, and it, there's been a bunch of um, installments of the Shining Force franchise. They've been pretty popular on the um, around the circles. There was a bunch of uh, Shining Force games on the PS2 in particular. And, uh, but yeah, they got their start on the Genesis, so, um, it's a fantasy turn-based tactics role-playing video game, and it is, uh, traditionally fantasy-themed, it contains, it also has some science fiction elements, however, to separate itself from the, uh, the rest of the pack. There's, um, it's, uh, it has an 84 rating on Metacritic, and it's also available on Steam. If anyone would like to pick that up, and as of, as of this recording, it's ninety nine cents. So you might want to <laughs> just buy, buy the game uh, for ninety nine cents on Steam. Uh, it was actually released in twenty eleven on Steam, as a matter of fact. So, but it's pretty neat, you know. Shining Force has had a quite a legacy that um, that's been pretty strong. You know, it's it's considered one of the Sega classics, alongside like Echo the Dolphin, Alien Storm, Altered Beast, and a couple of others. And it's uh, very unique for its time, especially at the time there were other JRPGs that were happening, like Final Fantasy, and it's uh, pretty good, you know? There's a lot of depth and a lot of story and lore, and uh, for anybody looking for something different, it's definitely worth your time. The other Shining Force games include, um, like, the Sword for Haija, and um, it looks like uh, that's obviously a, like another installment of... of of the Signing Force games. And uh, it's a sequel to the original. And it was remade um, on the... It was remade as Signing Force CD, depending where you look. So it's on the Game Gear. And uh, this particular version. And right now, it's on the Nintendo 3DS, if you want to buy it. If the eShop's still open. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's another classical, tactical role-playing uh, video game. So, with enhanced graphics and abilities and things like that. And so... If um if that fancies your uh if that fancies your your way there you can just play that and then the other shining shining force Gaiden uh shining force Gaiden looks to be another of course another installment of you know the shining force games and it's another tactical role playing game it takes place twenty years after the events of the first shining force. And this was the first game of the Gaiden franchise, uh, Gaiden series. So, um, it was, uh, so it looks like it still retains its roots, uh, as a turn-based game, the different colors, different story, things like that. So, you know, pretty much that. So now for this other thing that we see here, uh, this, uh, Nazu Poyo Aruru. Um, that I, that is a complete unknown to me. Nazu, yeah, let me see, see if I can just look that up. Nazuzu. While you look that up, 
let me just say, this one looks like the RPG bundle to me, which is an amazing thing. Like, I love RPGs, so now I'm like curious about the Shining Force. Yeah, it's... So I wonder if the last one is an RPG. Uh, Nazu Poyo, I mean, it's... it's... <laughs> that, is a, that is quite the name there, Nazu, Nazu Poyo. I mean, I know there's a game called, movie called Ponyo, Nazu... Oyu, Aru. Um, let me see what the rest of this is. I'm looking up this up at live, uh, <laughs> um, because of the fact that it's this is a a very um, Nazo Poyo standby. Okay, Aru, Ru, No, Ru. So it sounds, of course, it sounds it's Japanese. Okay. Um. Hmm. So it looks like it's some kind of Did a... Did you find it? Oh, I see it now. It's some kind of a... It's, just, it's, it's definitely a game. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it's a... It's a I yeah. hope it's a game. It's a, it's a puzzle game. And uh, it looks like you, have to, you go to a hub world where you can figure out puzzles. And, uh, it's, uh, different. I mean, the cover sees a girl, um, it looks like Nazu Poyo is a big deal. Like, the girl is, is clearly, there's a picture of the girl with, I guess, curry in the back? And she's, like, a chef? So, I guess this is Cooking Mama, I suppose. <laughs> Before Cooking Mama was a thing. Um, let me take a look here and see the description. Okay, so, yep, it was, um... Yep, it's another Tetris type type game, but like that once again inspired by Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine. But it seems to be food centered, and it has an, uh, an RPG overworld. So it looks like you walk around and you do these type of things, and um, so it looks nice. I mean, it looks different. Um, uh, it's yeah, it's a matching. Okay, so here's a description. Um, looks like it. So it's definitely within that realm of of being a matching puzzle game. So, um, with an RPG, JRPG overworld, so you go around and you, you solve puzzles and stuff, so I guess it looks cool. Def definitely, definitely something very different. So apparently every one of them has to have a Tetris yep. in it. Got it. Because the, the red one, which is the last one, has Revelations the Demon Slayer, Megami Tensei Gaiden Last Bible Special, the GG Shinobi, which I hope that didn't autocorrect on my sheet here, which is a possibility. And then Columns, which we talked about earlier. Right, so I can confirm that the GG Shinobi is not a an autocorrect. It is an, indeed a side-scrolling game released for the Game Gear in 1991. It was the first Shinobi game developed specifically for a portable platform. So if you want Shinobi, you got Shinobi. So the player controls... Modern-day ninja Joe Musashi, protagonist of previous Shinobi games, as he goes on a mission to rescue four kidnapped comrades from an enemy. And uh, there was another one, GG Shinobi 2, The Silent Fury in 93. And it was one of the first Game Gear games available on is the this... 3DS Virtual Console in 2012. This is a... Uh, this no, side-scroller action. Think of oh, side-scroller action, different. okay, okay. Um, yeah, so... Okay. Platformer Hack and Slash. It was released here in the United States in 1991, and you, uh, you know, you have four stages, and there's a oh, there's a fifth and final stage, and 
Um, each room requires the skills of a particular ninja to character to pass it. All rooms have two exits, which lead to further distinct trap rooms. So it looks like there's like the, the last, well, it sounds like the last level is going to really be like a, a, a total cluster bleep, you know, just trying to maneuver and trying to get the last boss. <laughs> um, the reception of it is, is actually pretty cool. I mean, it was, uh, unquestionably a great ninja guide, uh, well, shinobi game for the Game Gear, but once again, like most of these games, very hard. That's another thing, too. I wanted these games to have safe states and stuff. They haven't even specified that. So. Oh, that's a good, yeah, that's a good question. I'll say that for comparison. One of the other games I played, which I probably, I think I brought up last year, well, last week, there was a, I brought up F-117 Nighthawk, as you recall, right? So F-117 Nighthawk actually yes. has safe state. And it's great. Um, it's uh, a very, very good game. And then, but one thing it has is a rewind feature. You hold the ZR button down, and you can rewind the whole game like for thirty seconds as if it's like a VHS tape. It's great. So, um, I hope it has that. Uh, okay. So we we I kind of uh, skipped the other two. So let's talk about Revelations, Demon Slayer. What are your thoughts on this one? Well, I was going to ask you what it is, because again, I've never played a game. I've never yeah, heard of either. it. A quick look, though, reveals that it is a it is a role-playing video game developed by Multimedia Intelligence Transfer. Sega and uh, Atlas had their hand in this. And, <laughs> you know, um, it's also known as The Last Bible. So, yeah, this is, this is some... <laughs> oh, wait. Oh wait, whoops. Okay, uh, so the, uh, I skipped. No. Okay, so I'm going. I'm look. I'm talking about Megami Tensei Gaiden Last Bible Special. Okay, looks like my uh, eyes did a trick on me. Apologies, but yeah, yeah. I thought that was the, that's the side scroll. Yeah, it right? looks like it is a um this particular game here. It's a role playing video game, and. Oh, Megami Tensei is a role-playing game. Okay, you were talking about Revelations before? Or GG Shinobi? GG Shinobi is the, is the side-scroller. Yeah, GG Shinobi is okay, the side-scroller. Yeah. Um, looks like they, they managed to uh, ship it over to the, to the United States, the Megami Tensei Gaiden. Um, that wouldn't surprise me, because the Megami Tenseis are very popular games. Yeah, which reminds me, we were supposed to get a new one for Switch uh, one of these days. Um. Mm. Yeah, Megami Tensei. I mean, I'm. I. I have to say that is as niche as niche goes. Um. I know that they are really interesting games in the field of video games out there, and it's um. It, it is a very uh, like I know that the Persona games splintered off of the Shigeba Shin Megami Tensei games, which I think are different. But um. Yeah. But in any case, so this one was called the Last Bible. And it is a, uh, it's a whole franchise, as a matter of fact. It looks like a pretty cool fantasy JRPG. Um, and it looks like it's, uh, turn-based. Um, it's a toned-down version of the Shin Megami Tensei, um, you know, because it was developed for a wider audience. Because I, I think the Shin Megami ones, they tend to, uh, they tend to, like, go into some more mature categories there. Uh, there was a bunch of games. Uh, the last game was released in 2010. Uh, there's actually a copy on the Game Boy Color, Game Boy in, in Japan, and, uh, yeah, it looks pretty good, you know, um, 
There was actually a bunch of mobile games also released for uh well of the Shim of the Megami Tensei games. So looks like pretty good, you know. Typical JRPG. You know, what can you ask for? Now Revelations the Hello. Go on. No, go on. I wanna know about the Revelations game. Okay, so according to an article from IGN, because for some reason this game keeps um this game keeps getting tucked in with the Megami Tensei, I think they might be the same game. Or, or at least somewhere in the in the same ballpark. Um, yeah, the same it's, genre. It's uh, the game was released on the 19, in 1999. There's a hundred monsters to join your quest. You can do fusions. You have 20 hours of gameplay for the Game Boy and Game Boy Color. Um, it's a down to earth JRPG, and you'll weave magic, and you'll, um, and you know it's it's a little bit like Lord of the Rings in a sense, uh, and you know, traditional uh, graphics, things like that. So it looks like um, nothing too outside the box, but, you know, something that still sticks. And then finally we have Columns, which, you know, I've, I've met, we've mentioned this like four times already. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, that game sounds familiar. I wonder why, because it's in the last right. one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, this is a, a fun one. Like, there, there, there was a, a Tetris spawned, a bunch of puzzle like puzzle inspired games or Tetris inspired games. So the Columns is a match three puzzle video game created by Jay Geertsen in nineteen eighty nine. Early versions of the game reported across early computer platforms like an Atari ST. In nineteen ninety Jay Geertsen sold the rights to Sega, who ported the game to several Sega consoles. So at that point in nineteen ninety, Jay Geertsen became a millionaire because let me tell you, if they got this thing on a Game Gear Micro in 2020, then boy, did he they they market the hell out of this game. Yeah, so it's been so get this. So according to Wikipedia, it's been in arcades, Atari ST, Sega Master System, Genesis Mega Drive, Sega CD, Sega Game Gear, PC Engine, FM Towns, the NEC PC8801, the NEC PC9801, Sharp X68000, the MSX2, the Super Famicom. Game Boy Color, Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, Virtual Console, iOS, Palm OS, Z, and the ZX Spectrum. Yeah. So this guy, he made a... <laughs> yeah, he made, he made a killing. He was like the next Notch, you know? Notch was the, and for those that don't know, was the founder of Minecraft. So he's, he's swimming in, in cash. So this guy, probably around there. Uh... <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it's a it's a cool game. You know, it's like it's it has good music. It has good visuals. Music is from Tokuhiko Iwabo, and he uh, it was inspired like the some of the music was inspired by Greek music. Um, like there's one song called Atropos and Lethesis, and um, so a lot of Greek like legacy and let and lore there. So, Collins is good. I mean, I haven't played it a long time, but I suppose it's 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 fun enough to where you know it can come onto this Game Boy Micro thing. So there's that, <laughs> and that wraps up all the games yeah. the Game Boy Micro. Oh, Game Gear Micro. <laughs> yeah, I mean the games are kind of imp- the games are kind of impressive, but I don't know if I'd spend two hundred dollars to have them all. I feel that. Yeah, I well, like I just said, you can get you can get Shining Force the original for ninety nine cents on Steam. That's like. You can't go wrong, you know? Like, I went to Dunkin' Donuts today. I spent $2.45 on a large cup of coffee. That means I can buy 
almost three copies of the same game. A game that could last you, let's be honest, like maybe 10 hours at most. Some of these early JRPGs didn't last all that long. I mean, today you got JRPGs that last 200 hours, like Xenoblade. But some of these JRPGs could last you maybe 10 hours, 12 hours. And, you know, that's that's doing everything. And, well, maybe do, just going straight through or doing everything. I don't know. So it's a weird thing. It's like I would have liked for these guys to have released, like, a Game Gear, like, the something larger than that, like the size of a PS Vita, and have every game in there. I don't care if it's, like, Surf Ninjas, which wasn't so good, or Judge Dredd, which wasn't so good. Um, it would have been a game from the Game Gear. Like, I remember playing a bunch of other stuff. There was... Um, there was um, uh, what was that cliffhanger from Sussex Alone, and uh, there was also this one game, I get Hexened, I think, or not Hexened, but the character looked like a zombie, red eyes and two swords, and it was like a side scroller adventure. You fought like it was kind of like uh, Underworld in a sense. I forgot the name of the game, but there's a bunch of stuff that was very innovative for its time and stuff I never even got the chance to play because you know it just. I never, you know, the Game Gear was a thing that came, it went, and then no one was playing that. And not to mention the fact that you have, like, you have other gems out there that I think made a bigger impact or things that people have never played. Like, there's a Mega Man game on Game Gear. And I feel that not many people know about that. And I think that would be really cool for people to play because it's Mega Man. And I uh, don't know about the other stuff, but um, I know, I believe GameSack did a video on all the games for Game Gear. So. Um, they're, they're pretty, they're a really cool group of YouTubers that would be, uh, cool to see really the legacy of what the Game Gear was capable of. Not to mention the fact that there was also a, uh, a, uh, what was it? Um, like a, like an, like an antenna receiver you can put on so you can like watch TV. So it's a weird way to celebrate the Game Boy Micro. I can, let me tell you, like, I, I don't know why they just don't put like some of these games for like a bundle for 10 bucks on PSN or something. I would like to see it on the Switch. A bundle yeah, of these sounds, games. I mean, I agree with for you. 50, for, for 50 bucks? 50 bucks to get all of that would be yeah, great. Yeah, because I think that the one yeah. nice thing about the day, we, the, the day and age we live in is we start to see and observe and respect the games that have made their way to, you know, that, that, that have made their way around the world and games that never made their way to the United States and other parts of the planet. And you start to respect, like, you know, why was this? I mean, you don't, you ask questions like why this game was kept in Japan, but you also start to appreciate the kind of games that never made their way to the United States and, and what they were and what, we, and, and maybe use these devices to try and find a means to play these Japanese only games. And it's nice. It's a very interesting thing to do. And I, I really respect what they do that. And, um, it's cool. So I think like for a lot of these games, like I never heard of them, it'd be nice to play them. And I think like, you're right. Yes. That it would be nice to play them on the Nintendo switch, get to really get a feel for them and in, in these older games. And I think cause like nostalgia, it's not just nostalgia. It's also like really kind of delving into history and appreciating what did it take to make a game like this on this particular system? Like once again, going back to F-117 Nighthawk, that's a flight simulator with the F-117 Nighthawk u.s air force stealth fighter and this is a game that's an 8-bit you really can't get a sensation of that if you're too high or too low because everything looks flat so you have to look at your altitude and airspeed and you start to just appreciate those little mechanics and how it tried to mimic an actual combat 
scenario with combat conditions. And I feel that that's the case with this. You start to really appreciate what's come before. The Game Gear is 30 years old, you know, and, and it's, it's, that was a long time ago. And a whole different era, a whole different generation. So I think, like, it could have been better. I Like I said, if it's, they have to just really work on that price if it comes to the United States. If it comes to the United States and it's $200 to get, I think it's a no-go. If it's, like a... I, I think it is coming to the United States. Oh, okay, so I haven't heard anything about that yet. No. Oh, really? I mean, it's in Japan for right now. But... Then again, like I said, we don't know. I mean, it's I mean, it's possible. Sega still has to announce their big thing they've been trying to announce since uh, since the COVID-19 pandemic began. So it is possible that it might still come to the United States or and the games might change. Because remember, the, the, the games, for example, with PlayStation, the uh, if you remember with the PlayStation, um, the, the PlayStation Classic, like the, the games in Japan were different than the ones here in the United States. So that might happen too. Oh, yeah, I guess you're right. Maybe, maybe, hopefully, that it will come down when they do bring it here. Right. So, yeah, it's, yeah, so. All right. We'll see. I mean, I guess if you're a Sega diehard, you totally could get a hold of it and, um, you know, and, and, and kind of cherish it for like the novelty. Um, but I'd have to say that just, just temper your expectations. I don't think this is going to be the next big NES or SNES classic, though I, I do appreciate the effort. And always remember, they might just do another iteration where it's a game, it's like a, not necessarily regular size Game Gear, maybe smaller than that. And it has all the games preloaded because, uh, so there's always the chance that they might re-release the thing. Um, so it's cool though. I dig it. All right, that brings us to the end of our show. If you do like us, please subscribe and rate us. You can check out our Twitter at GameStuffCast. You can check out our Facebook at GameStuffPodcast. Just ask for an invite. Really, we, we, we enjoy talking to you, so come hang out with us. We do have a Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash ProvenGamer. If you'd like to get in touch with us, um, I am at Kalai21, K-A-L-A-I, the number 21 on Twitter. Roberto's at jehuti88, that's J-E-H-U-T-Y-88. Uh, we have Corey, the Grounded Gamer, that's double D, no E. And we have Joe, Mr. T-M-N-T, capital M, capital R, capital T, M-N-T-84. So, um, we also have a merchandise store where you can get, like, a cool hoodie or a uh, mug with our logo on it. That's pretty damn cool. Um, so the link is in the show notes. Uh, we are sponsored by Amazon. Just go to ProvenGamer.com, click on any Amazon link, and do your shopping like normal. It does, uh, help out the site, and, um, it doesn't cost you any money. Um, we are also partnered with Humble Bundle. Our charity is Extra Life. If you would like to just follow our link in our show notes, head over there, get some good PC games or Switch games. And then, of course, we do portion of the money goes to the extra life for the children. Um, if you do like this show, check out our other shows. There's the Trophy Horse and PG Spoilers. And I want to thank the people who have helped us get the show off the ground. So thank you, Isaac Sago, for the logo and the band Take Away the Ugly. Their information is in my show notes. So thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode of Game Stuff. May the force be with you guys. Stay safe. 
Stay well, stay hydrated, enjoy the summer.